Hello, you're listening to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today in the studio, I have Betty Wells. Hi, everybody. Hello. And today we have someone special on the phone, all the way from Argentina, and his name is Ramundo. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ramundo. Hi. And we have <coughs> ministered with Ramundo for so long and in so many places that it just seems like I don't remember Abiding Life Ministries before Raimundo was with us, but he is our Spanish director, of course, and uh, he and Mike have been to just so many countries, but even I was with them in Spain, Uruguay, Argentina, Peru, Chile, Mexico, Mm -hmm. and Guatemala, so... Uh, even they were together in Costa Rica the night uh, before Mike passed away from his heart attack. And Raimondo actually mm. was the one who found him in his hotel room because Mike was a no-show to his next meeting. But um, uh, he and Raimondo were working on a 10-year plan the night before mm-hmm. Mike passed on. So yeah. the Spanish... Uh, ministry means a lot to us, and Ramondo is so good at organizing it all and coordinating it and keeping keeping up with all the people that are involved in that. But, Ramondo, do you want to say something about all the countries that you and Mike visited together, maybe? Well, yeah, first let me say you're very kind in your appreciations and your comments about me. Thank you so much. Yes, well, with Mike, uh, it was something very special traveling with Mike. And uh, we visited so, in the end, we we visited 11 countries. And uh, those would be Argentina, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, Paraguay, although I went alone because they didn't let him go into Paraguay on account of not having a visa. Then Mm -hmm. Peru, Spain, and Uruguay. Those are the 11 countries we visited together. Also, Raimundo, you have translated Mike's books, several of Mike's books, most of Mike's books, into Spanish and overseen every bit of that. And those have been useful for also spreading the message of abiding in Christ around. So... Do you want to say a little about that, Ramondo? Oh, yes, of course. Well, the first book mm, I translated was Sidetracked in the Wilderness. That was way back sometime in uh, 1987, 88, around there, around the time. That's Sidetracked, which was first printed in Colombia because the local printing house here, we, well, we were depending on the resources from the printing house. And they had other plans, and they were sort of delaying this and procrastinating and doing this. So Mike and Betty thought that this had to be, that was something that had to be done. So they asked me for the file, and they gave it to some people in Colombia, uh, a ministry in the States that's called Mission Action International. And they printed this in Colombia, and they had a first edition of Sidetracked in the Wilderness. I won't give you the Spanish names because it would be only confusing. I just talk about Sidetracked to other titles, and you know it does something in Spanish there. 
Then we did problems, uh, God's presence in prayer, in which uh, my son Ariel helped us along quite a bit. I did all the editing and part of the translation. Then heavenly discipleship, then the unique self. Um, in my weakness for his strength is practically done already. We are doing the cover here. I was given a, a sample two or three days ago. I love one of the one of the possibilities. And uh, Don Paul is doing the design, the interior design. Then we have a study guide for sidetracked in the wilderness. It's a merge of Hannah's version and Raimundo's version. Uh, then we are, I'm working on the Heavenly Discipleship Study Guide. Uh, also, a merge of Pastor Todd's uh, version and Raimundo's version. Then I did The Gardener's Love. Now, don't tell uh, Charlotte Silva that it's done, because I'm <laughs> owing her the audio for that. And I think she's given up on me, but I, I'd, I'd like to say here, don't give up, Charlotte. It'll come, it'll come. <laughs> These are all, practically all the books that are translated. And they're all formatted and ready. Many have been printed. Uh, some haven't, for instance, Unique Self hasn't been printed yet, but it was printed in Cuba. We had a thousand mm. copies of that printed in 2017. And all these books are in letter-sized PDFs on the website for anyone to download. So people can, and I know that people, I may come to that topic later, I know that people in, in other countries are downloading books to use for their people, for studying, for uh, studying the books, or doing special work with the books. So. There's a lot of material on the website there. And Mike's books have been printed in, if I can say so, in eight countries. Uh, in Argentina, cool. we printed, in, we, the ministry printed, I would say no less than 10,000 copies in talking about the city titles, sidetrack problems and heavenly discipleship. And uh, I would say that perhaps even it could be 13 or 14,000, but I would like to just keep keep to a more conservative number. Then, uh, practically half of that, Mike used to donate to Milton Pope. You might hear a little bit more about Milton Pope later if I have the opportunity. Uh, he used to give them to Milton Pope, who had a seminary that had all chapters all around the country in Argentina and in, in other countries, neighboring countries. So of every printing, say a 1,000 or 2,000 run, uh, Milton Pope got half of that free, and uh, he would distribute them in his seminaries. And, of course, it was a little bit of an income for him, too. So that was, say, 10,000 in Argentina. Then in Chile, as well as in Peru, in Colombia, and Mexico, in, according to what I can account for, we had 3,000 in each country. Uh, I'm talking always about the three titles, sometimes two titles, sometimes the three, sometimes one, but a total of 3,000. Then in Costa Rica and in Guatemala, we printed 2,000 in each country. And then in Cuba, this is uh, amazing, in Cuba, we printed 7,500 uh, copies of the different books. Uh, that includes the last uh, printing of 1,000 copies of uh, The Unique Self in, 90, in 2017. 
So I was shocked when I shocked, amazed when I saw the final figure, because that makes a total of over 33,000 books uh, authored by Mike Wells printed in the Spanish-speaking world. That's I, you wonderful. Know, I, when I had these figures, I went over again and I looked at the the different uh, budgets I had asked for and racking my mind to say, well, we did this, that, that. And I just, when I saw that number, I said, I can't believe it. <laughs> really? That is a lot. Yeah. It That's is. wonderful. And the way that the message has been able to spread through so many books. But one thing Amen. before we, we leave Cuba, weren't you and Mike scheduled to go to Cuba uh, yes. Just a few months after he passed on? Yes, we were. We were scheduled to go to Cuba. Uh, we, our idea was to go in November to Cuba. We had everything ready. The Cubans had made a beautiful itinerary for us. Well, here you have, here comes in Ana Victoria in Costa Rica, Ana Victoria Quesada in Costa Rica. We might mention her again. Uh, she opened the doors for us in Cuba. She has friends there. She traveled often to Cuba. So she, her friends there sent us a, a, a breakdown of our itinerary. And you wouldn't believe it. They only needed to say what time we needed to have a shower and what time we needed to brush our teeth. <laughs> they fixed it all. They had it all ready. Who was going to drive us, where we were going to go, where we were going to stay, uh, where we would stay speak, where we would eat, everything. <laughs> everything was broken down in such a detailed manner that it was amazing, you know. But when we were in Honduras, just a few days before Mike passed away, we got news that the, the Cubans had denied our visas. So oh. there we were. So we, it was canceled, and uh, we were so glad that uh, Betty hadn't reserved the, hadn't booked the tickets, because you were just, just about to do that. But we were waiting a little bit to see, make sure. But uh, if it was plans for any other country, the, the tickets would have been booked already. But well, the Lord knew how far we would go together with with my friend, so he said, no, no, don't worry about those tickets. <laughs> we Amen. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, hmm. yes. But, you know, if I can say something, yes. if we look at the growth of, of, of the ministry in different countries, it's amazing that in Cuba, where we didn't put, set foot on the country, we didn't step on the ground in Cuba, there was zero physical ministry in that country. Uh, it is one of the countries, or the country, after Argentina, where most books were printed, where there's more hunger for Mike's books. Uh, you know that, Betty, because you've sent piles of books on the, in the post, and it comes from far back, from Kay's time, from Carla's time, too. And people are hungry for, for books in Cuba. Well, one thing, important thing there is that as there are so few books coming into the country, and Mike's books are really a blessing, people tell each other, well, look, this ministry is sending you, can give you books free, you can ask for these books. So there are many, many people who, who use that opportunity, and they have good books in Cuba. 
many mm, churches have lending libraries, as there are a few books. So there's a little bit of a story, if I can you talk about the use of Mike's books in Cuba later. Uh, every church has a lending library, and, well, it's a way that people can, can have access to books. And, of course, Mike's books are, are really a, a blessing for in doctrine, because there's a lot of strange doctrines going about in Cuba, you know, when there's not much... Uh, the Cubans are very illustrated people in, in every as- aspect. They are doctors and this and that. They study a lot because there's very little television, etc., etc. But in, as regards doctrine, Christian doctrine, there's a great need there because the little they have access to not always is good. So having uh, abiding life uh, books there in Cuba is a real blessing, you know. Yes. So, yes, that was about going to Cuba. Well, and... uh, I was I was saying, considering there was zero physical presence there, the Cuban ministry has gone ahead much, much. The ministry in Cuba has gone ahead much faster and, and expanded much more than in many of the other our free countries. You know. Mm-hmm. Didn't you and Mike run into a fellow once in Colombia who had oh, been? Yes. He had been in possession of one of the books yes. from way back <laughs> yes you know we went to Colombia uh, because I have a friend who was working with the Baptists there in, in amongst the indigenous groups in, in Colombia um, the son of my first pastor so well I told him we were going to we were planning to go to Colombia and somehow there was a brother there who got wind of this and when we landed at our hotel uh, he was looking for us. I don't know how it was, because we were also scheduled to visit um, uh, Pastor Munoz, who prints books, and has a very big printing house, La Buena Semilla, in Colombia. But this brother somehow found us out, found out where we were, and he looked us up and said if we could meet some day to talk. I said, well, okay, yes, and Mike was in agreement. So we went to see him at, at the church, and he showed us an old version that mm, was translated uh, from uh, of problems, God's presence and prayer, that was a, a freelance translation that I don't know how, perhaps Mike gave someone the authorization to do it, but it was a pretty rough translation. <laughs> and when Mike used to say that we need to do this, well, sometimes the author, author, the translator said we don't need to, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, this brother had got hold of that, had come to his hands a a copy of that, and he'd underlined every single, uh, I suppose he started underlining some sentences, and then he went back and underlined the ones he hadn't done before, and he said that that book had God, of course, through what he learned and, and God spoke to him through that book, he uh, decided not to commit suicide because he was already decided for that. Being a pastor, he was so there was such despondency, such uh, emptiness, <coughs> such non nonsense to life for him. Even though he was in ministry, it was everything was do do, and he was tired of that. And 
well, he, he, he was almost with tears. He used to hold his book and, and show us, you know, all, all that he'd underlined and said, <laughs> well, this is when I was feeling so and so and I got to this chapter and I read this. So we'd have that perhaps made in a circle in the whole page. Well, it was really a touching experience to be with this brother. Uh, I can give his name because he, 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 he's, he, he witnesses to this all over the place. His name is Jocelyn Pinija. He's a great brother. And every time we, we, every now and then we exchange WhatsApp messages or he asks me if there's, if there's anything new going on in the ministry. When will we be back in Colombia? Oh, he's really someone who, who thanks God for for the message he received through through Mike's book, and that was problems, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It, it, he really it, that that I think is one of the most um, amazing experiences we've had around the world of finding someone who who who, who tells you this, this this made a change in my life. A yeah, real change. That is great. That's and, a and great we story. We had a, a pastor in 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 Chile who in one of our uh, meetings there, we had a meeting with uh, an association of pastors. He had read one of Mike's books, I think it was uh, Sidetracked, and he said to me one day when Mike was, uh, we were waiting to uh, get on to speak, he said, I want a congregation without guilt, he said. I want this. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. That was Uh very encouraging before we went up to speak. Yes, but that reminds me uh, that, Ramondo, your translating and interpreting skills are so top-notch that people would tell Mike, after you two had spoken together, that he wouldn't have been able to communicate uh, so much of the depth of those concepts if you had not been the one interpreting And so just like the quality of the translation of the books, which is so important, and I know there are bad translations of Mike's books around the world that don't communicate the message properly because the wording is wrong. But what can you do when you don't speak that language? You you can't fix it yourself. So, uh, but we, but trusting, entrusting the Spanish work into your hands and mouth and eyes and ears is just such a joy and a blessing because things really do get communicated well. We appreciate wow, it. Wow, that's, that's, that's very kind and very generous of you, Betty. And along that same track, you have done a Spanish Facebook page for Abiding Life Ministries yeah. and a website. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yep. Uh, well, the Facebook page is uh, is called Mike Mike in Michael Wells Español, and uh, that is mostly I use to publish excerpts of my, of Mike's books, and I use practically all your posts. I translate them, and sometimes I have to do them new because you are referring to some book that isn't translated yet in, into Spanish. Or oh. if not, I go go to my to my file and then I pick out the paragraph you've used and I publish it. And uh, there are quite a bit of uh, responses there. Uh, I have asked all my Facebook fans, if I can call it, or friends, let's say, uh, to well say they like 
to show their like in uh, in, in Mike Wells's page, and uh, most have. But in general, uh, it's more people who are more acquainted with the ministry that that uh, see the posts there. So that's in Facebook. Uh, I don't publish any other things rather than uh, except uh, Mike's excerpts. And then, yes, the, the web page was something that my son Ariel was always saying, Dad, you have to have a Spanish website. You have to have a Spanish website. You can't, the ministry can't be without a website. Well, well one day I said, come on, uh, we have a saying in Spanish that says, the fish dies through his mouth because of his mouth. And uh, I said, well, you've insisted so much. Come on, let's do something. And do you, would you be willing to, to do? Oh, yes, of course. Well, so he started working on, a, on, a, on an idea of the web page. We, we sort of del uh, made some guidelines as to what I wanted. And there we have now the web page, which is very difficult for English speakers to, to I would have to, um, spell that out and it's a long thing but they can just click on the english website and <laughs> and they're there and here in this website we have all you have in in, in presentations in the english website who we are the faith statement and all the information about the ministry and then there we are publishing all the books we have uh, and we also say in which countries you can buy books uh, who has them in each country, and we are also featuring there audios and videos of the different conferences we've done with Mike Wells uh, along our time together. Of course, the first one, I didn't have any idea that one day I would become uh, so involved in, in abiding life. If at, the f at first it was interpreting for a friend, but of course, when when I was invited to become a part of gradually more and more a part of uh, abiding life, then I started thinking, well, it's nice to keep some some stuff for the future. We never know, not even dreaming that one day Mike would leave us so early. But in any case, <laughs> I started putting together or collecting some material. A lot had to be edited. It was all in all rough all uh, domestic but uh, bit by bit we went clearing it up and then we did a good professional uh, recording in in colombia with tim lester well mike had gone already and that's an eight set eight dvd set of a marriage conference which not only includes marriage but in general generally uh, human relationships in general that's lovely and that's in two languages it's all up in the website. People can click the Spanish website, look for audios or for videos. The audio is MP3, video is MP4. And people can download that or view it in, in YouTube. And, of course, there's Mike's last conference in Honduras just a few days before he departed. Uh, that, yes, is very, very domestically recorded because he had a, a, a film machine and I had one. And, well, it's a little bit of a merging of what we were able to do, but, but it's there. It's all there. And then we have all the audios of Mike's 
well, all, many audios of Mike's conferences and uh, presentations and uh, audios and videos. Oh, there's plenty of material there that uh, even English-speaking people can profit from it because maybe a little bit of the presentation is, has a few words in Spanish, but it's all there in English and Spanish. It's all there. So yes, there's I a have. lot for English-speaking people to, to profit from the Spanish website, too. And Ariel is also working on that still because he did some things at the beginning that were a little bit uh, difficult to expand when we had more materials. It was his first part he was doing. So now he's going back and redoing the same things. Nobody notices the difference. But he's changing the concept of the cells and the pages and things in the in the web page. That's too much for me. I, it's it's not my business. But I know he's <laughs> remaking some things to make it easier to to introduce more material within the same section or in the same uh, place where you do a click. You know, audios to add more audios, add more books, add more videos, etc., etc. And yes. we've had quite a beautiful. Quite some responses from that. Great. Uh, many people that say, "Oh, I've seen the book. I'm reading the book. I'm download. I downloaded this. I've seen uh, this video. The other thing." There's been quite a bit of a response so far. That's great, and I agree with you that English speakers get a lot out of those videos and audio presentations because the message is still there. And it's there. Yeah, and you know, it, 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 well, when I speak in Spanish, it gives them a few seconds to let what Mike said sink in. You know, good point, right? <laughs> that, that that's why uh, once they asked Billy Graham if he didn't feel uh, uncomfortable when he had to speak through an interpreter, he said, "Oh, he says because that cuts both ways." He says. It gives me time to think of what's coming next, and it gives the the listener of the of the translation time to think of what he heard before I come on again. And and uh, while I come on again, he's thinking of what he's just heard. <laughs> yes, and I agree so much with that. But pity the poor person that's like you that speaks both languages. Then they probably listen to both and. Uh, it's ah, double yes, work, yes. double work to yes. listen. Yes, because you know, you're, it's it's like a kind of streaming. You know, you have one ear coming, the 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 message coming in. Your your mind is processing it, and then it comes out through your mouth. And uh, you have two you have two computers running up uh, on top in your brain. You know, one for Spanish and one for English. Right. And, and, I... and the, the the amazing amusing thing is that many times you're translating, and you're halfway through the the sentence. And you say, what did he say? What, how did he, what was <laughs> oh, he, no. what, what was, and when you come to it, there it is, you know, like when you are singing a hymn without a hymn book, you know, you don't remember really how, what the stance is, how it goes. But once you start singing it and you get towards the end, you say, and it just comes natural. Well, that because you knew it. But uh -huh. it's it's wonderful how the how the spirit gives you what what's there, you know. Because if not, you just make a mess of things. Yes, yeah. but all that being said, I remember how spent you would be after you did it all day, and you just 
would tell Mike, no, I'm going back to my room. I can't sit here <laughs> and quitting. have tea with you people and keep yeah, translating or, or I'll send Mike off to bed so that you could just talk in Spanish and not yeah. have to do it both still because your brain was just going in spirals, I bet. Yes. You know, alternate translation isn't so bad. You can manage it for a long time because you have, even though you are thinking of what the other person is saying, it's a little bit of rest in speaking. You know, there is a little bit of a rest there, like between two heartbeats. You know, the the, the heart rests between two beats. You know, but uh, when you're doing a, a online translation interpretation, then yes, you cannot do more than ten minutes when you do it simultaneously. You can't do it more than ten minutes because you're spent. Oh boy. You have to alternate between, you have usually two people. It's 10 uh-huh. minutes each. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Well, but but that's, it's that's a, a blessing to be able to do it. Yes, it is. Uh, I think people might want to know how you learned your English. Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. <laughs> well, <laughs> on one hand, due to misbehavior. Oh, we we must hear more. Uh (laughs) Yeah, 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 you must. Well, uh, I I was brought up in a a family where my mother was from English uh, descent. My grandfather was uh, uh, Scottish. My grandmother was uh, Irish, Northern Irish. My mother was born in Argentina, but brought up in all the English uh, atmosphere, all the English community life there. And my father was Swedish. So at home we spoke English, and more still, there was no Spanish allowed at home. My mother would not allow. She spoke French, German, Spanish, and a little bit of Swedish too. So she would not allow us to speak Spanish or read any Spanish books outside what was strictly books that had to do with school and studies and uh, school books. So if you ever had a, a little comic or something, we used to have the Mexican comics here. Nothing was printed in, in the way of comics here in my time. So if you had a Mexican comic someone would lend you, you had to be very careful. Mother didn't get hold of it because it went straight into the fire. We had a, <laughs> we, we, used to, we used to have a, a, a fire. Our cooker was, was wood. We had no gas, no kerosene, no fuel. No fuel. It was just a wood, wooden stoked fire. So, uh, and also, at, in, uh, we lived on a farm. In the summer, we used to have lots of kids from the city coming out of Spanish. My parents were friends. They had many friends, and the house was always full of people, and they were very hospitable. So, I was the youngest, usually, in the whole lot of in the whole bunch there. So I was always left out. I was always ending up uh, going into my mother and saying, Mommy, they didn't let me do this or do that. <laughs> so uh, when I had problems or I would fight with my brother, then my mother would take me to the kitchen and said, Oh, poor Raymond, come on. How long is it we haven't written to Auntie Edith in, in England? Come on, let's write a letter to Auntie Edith. So there I I was sitting in the kitchen while she was cooking, peeling potatoes or washing clothes or whatever it was. And we, she would dictate a letter to this aunt or to the other aunt or to the other aunt. 
And every time we had a fight with my brother or my sister who passed away very, very young, uh, my mother used to sit us each in a corner with a book, The Royal Readers, a very old poetry book, and there we'd have to recite the par- a parrot red and blue and green was often in the farmhouse scene one day, blah, 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 he met with the crows. Well, she'd have us reciting poetry, one in each corner, and the other one had to check and see that he was right and not missing anything out. So every time we misbehaved or something, we were taken into the kitchen and we soon learned to to get on well together and stop fighting. If it <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, and then, of course, we used to sit around the, in the evening, all sit around the only incandescent lamp. There was the old Aladdin lamps or those incandescent mantles. And we'd all sit around the table and read the Bible and, and pray. My father used to just look on because he, he was a Lutheran and he didn't go much for, for he, he didn't want too much religion in his life. So, but he accepted it at home. So he would listen there or he would read his newspaper while we were reading the Bible around the, uh, around the living room table. So there was a lot of English going around in, in my house uh, until we became adolescents and had more contact with with the Spanish-speaking people. But we, in any case, it didn't hurt us to learn Spanish because we picked it up all over the place around us, so it didn't hurt our Spanish. But I have to be thankful to my mother for that. Yes. Really thankful. Yeah, you have and, such a yes. deep basis in, in English. And yes. did you... When you were an adolescent, then, did you go to a Spanish-speaking school? Ah, yes. There were no bilingual schools in my town, absolutely nothing. So uh-huh. the, only, the, only, the only English input we had was at home. And uh, many people, I remember when we were in Guatemala, Dennis and Cindy were, were racking their brains to see where my pronunciation came from, you know. <laughs> For me, it sounds the most natural thing on earth. Sure, but uh, uh, I, my father was was my father was Swedish, you know. So he used to pronounce that way. He never jumped; he yumped. So there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of the you you we we of the Swedish language that tra- that transferred to the English he spoke. So we we picked up my brother and I picked up that that sort of English, you know. Some British speakers might might sort of rent their clothes. Listening to me speaking, but oh well, I can communicate. That's important. You communicate very well. Do you mind if we ask how the Swedish father got down to Argentina to meet the English mother? If I had to tell you that story in detail, well, we'd need four or five podcasts for that. Okay, but basically, he was born in 1902. He was about uh, 15, 16 when First World War ended. So there was such a scarcity of food in Sweden that he went to Australia raising cattle with an uncle who lived there. So from Australia, he became a, in Australia, he became a cowboy. Then he left Australia and started traveling around the east coast of Africa, buying almonds for his brother-in-law in in, in Sweden, who had a, 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 a margarine factory. 
in any case, he also went to Germany. Germany, he was there in the Great Depression in Germany. Then he went to Jamaica and worked in the sugar mills in Jamaica and traveled a lot around Africa. He had so many stories about Africa, Nigeria, all those countries. And the tribes, he had a photographic memory, so he would he could tell me what tribe was in what country, had the, which language they spoke or what dialect they spoke. Well, he was a, he was a, he hadn't done more than his primary school, but he he could read something and he could remember figures and names and things. Wow! And then from there he went to the states, and his brother who went with him decided to stay on in the states. And he set up a um, a beauty parlor some, some there in Hollywood. And mm. my brother, my father said, "No, I do, I don't want to be escaping migration officials. I, I'm leaving. I'm quitting." Mm. So he met some Swedes there uh, by, with the same name as we Ericsson, only with a K instead of a C. And he said, "Well, I'm going out to Argentina." Well, he came out here and started an apple farm and uh, settled there, bought just bare land, and then planted all his, his uh, about 15 hectares, that would be, uh, a hectare is about uh, double an acre. So he set up his apple farm and planted, uh, planted plants, I made a beautiful, a beautiful farm there. And there he met my mother, who came to visit some believers, uh, who lived uh, across the road, uh, neighbors. You know, in that area, a neighbor could live about 800, or, or a kilo, 800 meters or a kilometer, or say half a mile away, that was your neighbor. Sure. And so my mother came out to visit some Christians there, and my father saw her, and she saw him, and well, that's how they, <laughs> how things went on later. <laughs> Yes, the rest is Vermondo's story. <laughs> the, the rest is my brother David, Ray, my my sister Anne Marie, then my brother David, and then me. Yes, well, yeah. I'm the only the only one left now in my generation. They're, they've all gone, even my cousin. Oh wow! And was your father older than your mother? Yes, he was about eight years older than my mother. Okay. Yes. That yes. seemed like he'd been through a lot before he ever met her. So yes, I thought he was maybe born he in nineteen two. My mother was born in nineteen ten. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And she 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 departed very young at the age of fifty, hardly fifty two, I think it was. She passed at, a, at yeah, age fifty two. She passed away at age fifty two. Yes. Wow, Mike was fifty nine. I think that's very young to. Pass it on was, of course, yes. 50s, Mike was yes. really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, of course, how old was I, your how how old was your sister when she passed my away? My sister died at the age of nineteen, and she just went in two oh. two days. She got a, oh. a strong cold, or a sort of uh, 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 she got a cold. She got wet. She went to work, and she had to stay all day wet, wet feet, and 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 all that, and. She, they sent her home because she wasn't feeling well. Next, next afternoon, they rushed her to to the hospital about to a city some say eighty kilometers away from our house. And she got there to the hospital in the say eight in the afternoon, and at two o'clock in the morning, 
friends from the town came over to my house to tell my father that she'd gone. Oh. We had no phone at that time. I'm talking mm. about 1958. Mm-hmm. And uh, pe- there was, uh, the, the town had only a hundred lines, a hundred telephones. So some friends of us had a telephone, and my mother called from, from the city to tell, well, to tell what had happened. Yes. That produced in my father an enlarged heart because he had just, he, he had just adoration for my sister. She oh. was very beautiful, very, very mm. pretty girl. I beautiful. can imagine, yeah. And uh, it hurt him so much, so, so much, that he got an enlarged heart, and he didn't, bu- he didn't die on account of his heart, but he was always very, very feeble uh, ever since, uh, since that. Mm. Wow. Well, we'll look forward to meeting your sister and your parents in heaven. That'd be great. Ah, yes. Yes, I would like to see. I would like to know my sister a little bit more because when she departed, I was hardly ten. You know. Oh, oh wow! Wow. Yeah. So I haven't got many, many memories of her. Oh. No. Yeah. And she went to study in the in another city. So when she was an adolescent, because there was no secondary school at where we were. So oh. Oh, okay. I, there were several, five, four or five years that I hardly saw her. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any photos of her? I do have one photo which we shared with my brother that she had, take, had herself taken that picture about a week before she passed away. Oh, wow. Uh, Wasn't that the Lord's timing? That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, there are so many things that about the Lord's timing, Betty and Noah, that uh, even when I was thinking of uh, situations here in, in, in our experiences in other countries with Mike and things that happened with Mike's books, how Lord, the Lord, Lord's timing is years before some things happen, and then one small detail comes to life or, or brings forward forward something years later, you know. And yes. several things mm-hmm. in, in the experience of the use of Mike's books abroad. At the time, one didn't understand them. And uh, then you see the reason, the reason for that, you know. It's, 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 it's amazing. Uh, so how, I don't understand how people cannot believe in God if they just looked back at certain things that happened in their lives and how those linked to to uh, things that happened in, in, in the future or in their present time now that are related to things far back in their lives, they'd say, well, this can't be just coincidence. No, it's, and it's, I don't even like the expression, it's a small world, because it's a huge world, that, and we'd never bumble into each other. But God mm. has a plan, and he has networked yeah. us all, and I hope we get a little peek of that in heaven, it just his system of networking, the way mm-hmm. he brought us all together in, in his perfect timing and way and how sovereign he is. I just love it. Ah, yes, that, 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 I, I love that, too. I love it because it's all, it always keeps you, keeps you uh, alert, you know, and I don't say guessing, but uh, the more you see the more you think sometimes back on certain experiences, say, well, God, what did that mean in li- my life? Will I ever mm-hmm. link that to anything now in, in, in the present, or is it just something that you just worked in my life? But you know, some things in, in, in one's background that you 
sometimes it comes to your mind. Uh, with time, God sometimes has something related to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for me, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting how God it's, works. It is. It's it's way beyond us and so exciting. Absolutely, yes, yes, it is. But we don't want to abuse our podcast listeners, our audience. Oh, so yeah. I think yeah, way you better. Have to, you have to tell Raimundo to stop because you know if 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 you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well. We don't want to tell you to stop because it's very interesting, and we appreciate your time and appreciate yes. getting to talk to you. So, mm-hmm. uh, Noah, you re- ready to wrap this baby up? Yeah, thanks again to Ramundo. And uh, if anyone wants to check out his website, just go on abidinglife.com, and I believe it's over on the right-hand corner. Is that correct, Ramundo? Yep, yes, 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 yep. yes. That's There's what I thought. There. And what was the uh, Facebook? Oh, the Facebook is... Michael Again. Wells, and mm-hmm. then Espanol. Okay. It's E-S-P-A, the other end that has a little line on top of it, O-L. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for your time and your wisdom and everything oh. you did for uh, my dad. Okay, it was a pleasure. I think yes. your dad was a, a, was a tremendous, tremendous influence to me, to Hilda, my wife, and uh, basically to, oh, in addition to our son Ariel, who went through a very, very hard time in his life, hmm. uh, in a very, very crucial situation. And Ariel, with the, of course, with the support of his family, but when he was alone, it was sidetracked and his Bible that brought him up afloat again. So Ariel has, uh, our eldest son, he has a lot, a lot to thank God for for what he received from, from what your father sowed in us, you know. But for, for me, my experience has been that meeting Mike and the abiding left is, can be resumed in one word, rest. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with another one. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much, Ramando. Oh, you're right. welcome. You're welcome.